Hello, everyone. Welcome to Seek, Go, Create. This is where we redefine success in leadership, business, and in ministry. And I'm excited to you. I'm coming to you today solo. I'm running solo. There's no guest. It's just me. This is kind of a continuation, maybe not a part two, but a continuation of a conversation that we started uh, previously in an episode that will be released. I believe August 2nd is when that will be released. And so we're just continuing the conversation. And I just want to thank you for being here. I always want to honor you that take the time and listen in. It means so much to me. I appreciate it greatly. Thank you for the comments that you're making. Thank you for the reviews, all of those things. I greatly appreciate it. This is something that I'm going to talk about today, and I'm just going to dive right in because this is something that's been on my heart that I've been meditating on. I've been thinking about, studying, observing, working with other people on this for many, many years now. And I think many of you know kind of the story that we have that kind of led to the podcast, that led to the way we live now, the way my wife and I operate. We currently, I've shared this before, but we live, travel, work in an RV, lead a very simple life. We at one point lived in a big house on a golf course and all that. All that was gone and evapor evaporated and all that during the 2008 downturn. And uh, we're doing very well now financially. I'm not in any way saying that people should not do well financially, but it's just real interesting how all of the events and occurrences over the last 10, 12, 15 years of my life have really caused me, forced me, the Lord has moved me, whatever you want to say, to really think about how we define success not just me personally and not just my wife, Gloria, and I, not just our family, but how we as a culture define success. And in the first part of this, the episode that was released for those listening to this on podcast or via YouTube after that releases, again, it was released right around August 2nd, we took the time to look at some myths and some challenges to how we define success. And I'll, I'll review that real quickly here before we get into what we're going to discuss today, because we really looked at things like money, stuff, titles, the past and the future, time, people, comparison, which I think is one of the big things that is a challenge in our culture today, how we compare uh, to each other, how we compare ourselves, uh, what we own or what we do or how much we have. And so all of those were big items that we looked at that cause us challenges and then lead to stress because we're in that comparison game. And I've noticed it myself. I've got friends now, I've got clients that we're, we're just kind of going through a situation. Now, most people that are listening in, we're just in a culture that there's a high level of, of stress. And I think that this topic, what we've talked about in the previous episode and on this one, it has a big big part of it. It's just how we look at what success should be, our expectations of success. And so and so that's what we talked about the last one. If you want to circle back and kind of catch up, this isn't, like I said earlier, really a part two. It's more of just a continuation of the conversation. But uh, you could just pause here and go back and listen to that if you like to. But I think you'll be able to catch up because you're going to get the gist of what I want to communicate here. And I will go ahead and warn you, there's going to be a little bit of preaching because I, I can't speak without doing that. I've got some scripture, but a lot of this is going to be, I guess, Tim, maybe just sharing some things that are all coming together for me in very odd and unique ways. 
And uh, I'll go ahead and say that I, I wrote a novel. Some of you that have been listening in maybe know that. And there were some three themes that kind of came from the novel that really will be reflected in some things we talk about today. The podcast, it was very interesting how we came up with the name for the podcast, podcast Seek, Go, Create. And that actually plays into all this. So um, I don't know if any of you go through this, but it's kind of interesting for those of us that kind of spend time in prayer and we see the Lord doing things in our lives and, and we're not really sure how things fit together. In other words, you know, you feel like you're supposed to write a book and it's kind of an odd topic and it's a novel and you've got these things in this book and you don't really know how it fits with your life and other things going on. And then you're doing a podcast and you come up with a name and you see how things develop and, and things kind of start coming together with all the interviews that we do. And, and then you kind of stand back and you go, wow, look what the Lord's doing. All of this is kind of fitting together. And, and my hope, my prayer for you is that whatever projects, whatever things you're working on is doing that, but that's what's going on here. So I'm, I'm kind of sharing that in the form of uh, this message here. And the title, I guess, that I'm going to work with, and uh, we may come up with something different, but it's really how should we measure success? If in the last conversation we talked about how we should define it, then uh, this episode is more how we should measure it. And how do we know if we are being successful? How do we, how should we look at ourselves and say, oh, look, I'm doing well. I, you know, and for those that actually study scripture in the Bible, we, we know that we're not supposed to judge. In other words, you're not supposed to look at other people and go, oh, look at Joe. You know, Joe's doing this and he shouldn't be doing that. Or he's doing this and that is obviously something he's doing very well. We're not supposed to judge people. But we are allowed, I believe, from my study and my reading, we are allowed to look at the fruit that someone has. And, and I guess that might be um, kind of an offshoot or, a, you know, something that comes from a tree or a plant is what we typically look at fruits. And so, so really it's the, um, the results or the measure that we can look at. And, and I think the best place to do that, we're going to start with some scripture. Then I'm, I'm going to go into some things that I have been looking at. I've got three points in one area and then another three to four that we'll talk about. And, uh, and so I, I want to, um, I want to look at the fruits first and so I'm going to go to a scripture, and many of you that are Bible scholars will know this. I'm going to go to Galatians. In Galatians uh, 5, sorry, in Galatians 5, verse 16 through 26, there's a lot of conversation that Paul has about walking in the Spirit. And I think what he does here, he gives a great example of how we know for ourselves, we can look at it for other people, but really we need to measure ourselves on how well we're doing. Are we walking in what Paul calls the flesh, which would be not in the spirit, or are we walking in the spirit? So let me just read these real quickly, and then we'll go into some other things. Um, Paul's just talking about walking in the spirit, says you'll not live by the flesh. And I'll just list out some of the things that he says are evidence of walking in the flesh. So these are results or measurements of walking in the flesh. So to me, 
This is for what I'm looking at measuring myself. These are things I would not want to do. These are things like adultery, fornication, uncleanness, uncleanness, lewdness. These are some good Old Testament type words, huh? King James type words. Um, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, uh, and the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And we're not going to get off on the kingdom of God here. I would love to talk about, I've studied that for a number of years, but this is what we really want to look at here. How should we measure success? Let's look at fruit of the Spirit. And that is what he gets into in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And uh, then he goes on to say a few other things. Let me repeat those because these are some cool things. Now, not all of these, we know. We don't really know what they mean. Some of the, I mean, we may not in our current uh, wording. This is written in the New King James, I believe this version is. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of encapsulate these into three in just a moment. But uh, but we are talking about love, joy, peace, long suffering, which is more patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. I think that's a good list for us to use as a measure. But there's a um, there's something that was kind of funny about that, and I don't know if I had this in mind. I don't know if when I was writing, I mean, I, I listen. I spent a lot of time when I wrote the recent novel that I came out with, and and really wanted it to be something that would minister and 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 impact people, just like other books I've read have have impacted me. And uh, and I came up with three principles that kind of come forth in this, and I'll share those in just a moment. But I want to kind of wrap something else into this before I get into that. One of the other things that really got me thinking about this topic, and I'm going to pull some notes up here because I want to want to reference it, was what do we look around in our culture and see as people that are living what we would say a successful life, a joyful life, a blessed life, whatever words we want to use, and I stumbled across an article not too long ago, and I think this has been written about a few times, but to me, it really highlights some of the things that I want us to, uh, I guess, talk about here. And, uh, and, and what it really is, and I don't think this is a, an exact measure of success, but if you look at people that have lived long lives, in other words, they have longevity, you know, they don't, uh, they don't necessarily work all their lives and then retire, and then pass away within a few years of their lives. There's a, a sometime back, I'd heard a statistic that males at times, I think at that time it was, they live around three years beyond their retirement age. That's not very good, I think. I think people really should live longer than that. And that's just my opinion, but I think a lot of people would agree with that. And so, so one of the things that I was fascinated with was just studying what really what really allows people to live a longer life? And people have actually studied this. And this is what I want to pull up here. I want to, want to find it here on my browser. And, uh, and that is that they've studied places where people live long lives. 
And they are in places like, let me just kind of read these. And they call some of these blue zones. There's people that have actually researched this. And I'm referencing uh, an article that's called Reverse Engineering Longevity. And it is on bluezones.com, written by Dan. I think it's Butner, B-U-E-T-T-N-E-R. But they've done these studies. And so here's some places that people met the criteria of they lived, they had the highest proportions of people who reached the age of 100. Now, I think many people have gotten programmed just to live 70 years, 80 years, whatever, or less. And, and, and listen, it's fine. Again, longevity is not necessarily a measure of success, but I also believe that we can look at things like stress and know that stress, to me, from what I look to, is, is one of the biggest killers that we have. It really takes away a lot of the joy in our life. It takes away a lot of what I would think would be the success because it builds in anxiety. And then I think it also starts removing years from our life. And so stress to me is a good indicator or maybe a fruit. We could look at it as a fruit uh, since we talked earlier. And so for people that start living to the age of 100 and beyond, I think we need to study and look at what they do. So here's some of those regions, and I may get the pronunciation pronunciation of these wrong, but the um, Barbagio region of Sardinia, which is in Italy, it's a mountainous highlands of uh, inner Sardinia with the world's highest concentration of male centenarians, males that live over 100. And then there's Icaria, Icaria, Greece, I-K-A-R-I-A, Greece. It's an island with one of the world's lowest rates of middle-age mortality and the lowest rates of dementia. That means a lot to me since I've been watching my father go through uh, dementia. There's Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica, the world's lowest rates of middle-age mortality, second highest concentration of male centenarians. Centenarians, And then there's a group here within the United States, North America, that's the Seventh-day Adventists. They've got the highest concentration They're around Loma Linda, California, and they live 10 years longer than their North American counterparts. So they're within this North American continent, and because of their lifestyle, the way they live, they live 10 years longer. And then finally, Okinawa, Japan. I've always heard that some Japanese live longer lives. Females over 70 are the longest-lived population in the world. And just a few items to take from this is that all of these, there were some common themes that they found. First of all, they move and they move naturally. It's not as if they're really working out or doing doing things like we do really in all our gyms and things like that. They get out, walk. They actually probably are in some type of work or farming or something where they actually are just moving naturally. They have the right outlook and attitude. We'll talk more about that uh, in a moment. I won't get into it here, but they eat certain diets. They eat wisely. And I think we know in our modern culture that we are attempting to be healthy, but many times we get more toxins and things in our body than we should. And then finally, they're connected and I think that's powerful. That goes back to some of the things we saw in scripture about, about love and kindness and goodness and just the way we interact with people. So I found that fascinating. And the only reason I share that was it was part of what went into what was formulating in my mind as I began working on some of these projects that I'm working on now, like books and podcasts. And so anyway, check that out because... One of the things I desire for myself and my family and you, those of you that are listening in, is I desire a long, healthy, prosperous, 
life that's filled with joy, I really do believe that that is what we were created for. I think when we experience anything other than that, then we're getting outside of what we were designed and created for. Now, listen, I know we go through hardships, we go through challenges, there's difficult things in life. However, I think our ultimate design is to live that long, long life and, and for it to be of joy and peace and happiness. And so that's really kind of what this message is about. It's kind of what I've really been attempting to focus on and do things in my life to maybe not guarantee that, but at least try to work towards it. I think it's something that, that we should all at least work towards, not strive, not get stressed out over, but, uh, but kind of relax and try to begin moving towards that. So I hope that helps. Check that out. And uh, so what I want to jump to now is I want to go back to the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit, and I'm, I'm going to put them in, I guess what I'm going to call maybe Tim's version. And listen, I know some people, especially some of you Bible scholars and things like that, y'all get a little bit upset when people start taking scripture and redoing and rewriting. That's not what I'm doing here. I actually just was working on a project and three words came out of, out of that that to me really helped me. I actually think in threes better than, you know, Paul wrote, let's see, seven or eight here, fruits of the spirit. I really operate better with three. And I think those seven or eight could be grouped into this three also. So, and let me give you a little bit of background on this. I think it might be helpful. Uh, I shared this, uh, I think a few episodes ago when I was talking about uh, writing the book. I, I, I wrote a novel recently and I'm hoping some of you've gone and checked out the first chapter. It'll be released depending on when you're listening to this very soon. But uh, I wrote it and I really felt like it was inspired uh, in a divine way. Now, I sure, I'm sure most authors feel that. And so I don't know that I'm anything special that way. But I really do feel like in my quiet time and time of prayer that the Lord was giving me some things to say. And he kind of gave me three big themes or principles that I should, I guess, focus on or they should be, they should come out of this book that someone should take away from the novel if they read it. And again, it's just a story and it's fiction, but, uh, but I call it fiction with purpose. So, so there were three things that came out of it. And I'll go ahead and tell you those three things are love, faith, and peace, love, faith, and peace. And for me, the thing that I've started to do in my life is I've started to gauge or measure much of what I do by those three things. And so let me just share a little bit on each one and just give a little bit of thoughts on them. And one of the things I'll tell you that I won't share here, but within the novel, I actually kind of define each one of those in a little bit of a different way with a little bit of a twist. So uh, you'll have to read the book for that. But, but I talk about each one of those and my main character needs to learn those. I'll just say it that way. But one of the things that, uh, that never was really in my realm of measuring success or gauging success in my life was that word that we'll title love. 
And, and, and I'll just say, I mean, for those of you that might be listening in, if you knew me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago or whatever, I mean, I feel like I was a nice guy and I feel like that I wasn't just outright mean to people, but I'll also say that love was not anything that would have defined me. It's nothing that people would have said, oh, that Tim, he is just emanating love and I can tell that he... He has a real compassion and understanding for other people. No, I can tell you that Tim was pretty much mostly about himself and, and about my success and, you know, making money and moving up the ladder and building companies and doing things like that. And I'm not saying that any of that is wrong, but I'm saying that my motives were wrong. That, uh, that, that one of the things that I've had to shift my paradigm, my mindset on is that really the fruit of the spirit, love that Paul talks about here really is one of the foundational principles that I need to have, that I believe you need to have, that we need to have, that we need to be able to measure. And if we interview or talk to those people around us, would that be a word that comes to their mind? Maybe not first, but maybe in the top five when they describe us. Would love be something that people say, oh yeah, you know, you know, Joe, Fred, Tim, Sally, Sue, that love is something that would really define them. And so that's why I believe it's something very important. Now, I also want to frame this, not just at the micro level, which is you and I individually, but let's talk about the macro level. You know, there's a lot of issues going on in the world. There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of divide. And wouldn't it be cool if more people really used how they measure themselves, how they measure success by using the word love. And I'm talking about the deep meaning of the word love, not just like we love pizza, we love going bowling, I love this movie. No, I'm talking about deep understanding, compassion, uh, having, a, having a real understanding of what people are going through and attempting to think and put ourselves in other people's shoes so that we can help other people and, and minister to other people. That's the type of love that I'm talking about here. So that number one measure is love. And, you know, it, can we put a number on that? No. Is it something that we have in our bank account? Probably not. But it is something that if you really want to know if it's something that you're conveying, ask people around you and be, get ready for the answer. Because I know there's been many times that I've asked my children, that I've asked my wife and asked some others, hey, listen, how am I doing in this? And I could tell you that I, I haven't gotten passing grades. I haven't been measured well in that area. And I'm trying to do better. 57 years old, trying to do better. So I encourage you to use that as a measure of success. The next one's one that Paul talks about it in Galatians here, but it's the, it's the word that I use, faith. And, and let me tell you, I'm going to kind of take a little bit of a different slant on this one also. And I think a lot of people would use the word faith, and it's kind of a big word for people, and they might mean going to church or religion or do you believe this, do you believe in God or whatever. And, and all that's part of it. I'm not saying this is anything different, but let me define it for me. This is how I, and, and again, sometimes I'm just real simple with things like that, with things like this. Faith to me is having this deep conviction and understanding that the world is not all about me. Uh, 
that there is a bigger picture out there. And, and that bigger picture for me, my faith, my belief is, is that there is a God that created things. God created me. God created you. God created everyone. And so therefore, my faith is that I have to go through my day-to-day. I have to measure myself based on how well I function within that definition. And, and again, I'll use, the, I'll use the comparison to the way I believe that I used to be before I understood that more. I was kind of all about myself. I didn't have a faith that there was something bigger than me. I thought that the world, I know this sounds harsh and some of you are going to say, no, Tim, I knew you and you didn't seem that way. Well, listen, a lot of people in our world, and y'all know this is the case, the world revolves around them. And some of these people might even claim and say that they believe in God or they may be Christian or they may go to church and all that. But in truth, their measure their actions, everything about them really shows that they're the center of the universe. They're the center of everything. And uh, there's a scripture that's, uh, I believe in the book of John, that says we're to love God, love others as we love ourselves. And you notice the order there. It's not love self, then love others, love God. It's love God, love others, then love ourselves. We're not supposed to hate ourselves. I'm not saying that we totally, uh, you you know, you know, put ourselves down or, you know, do false humility or anything like that, but understand that order. God, others, self, God, others, self. And that's to me is that faith component of measuring success. The last one is one that I touched on earlier And it's a word that I use called peace, but there's a few other words that we could use here. We could use the word rest, and that's a little bit of a spiritual term, being at rest. And then there's also, I think it might be more Old Testament, I've seen it in New Testament, but a word called shalom. That's just, I think it's used as a greeting uh, in the... um, in the Jewish in the Jewish language, as a greeting, or uh, when you leave someone or say hello to someone, I believe. But to me, shalom is kind of being at peace, spirit, soul, and body. Everything is just lining up. There's no conflict. There's no challenges. It's not as if my my mind is battling against my spirit. It's not as if my body. And my flesh is fighting the you know, flesh items that Paul talked about in Galatians earlier. My flesh is trying to get me to do this when I know my integrity and my morals say I shouldn't do things. It's just that I'm at peace. I am at rest. And one of the things that I want to circle back to that we talked about earlier, I believe that's when we begin experiencing times where we don't have stress. And, and I'll also throw in a few other kind of strong words here. I think that when our, our mind, our actions aren't lining up with our body and our spirit, I think that's when we kind of move into something called hypocrisy or, you know, we aren't lining up with our actions and our words aren't lining up. And I'll tell you what that leads to. I, I, I believe it leads to stress and anxiety, and I'm not saying that stress and anxiety doesn't come from other things, but it's when we are just going through times where we are in dis-ease or dis 
rest or unrest. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm an author now. I should be able to, to speak a little bit gooder, right? But uh, so, so those are some things, those three items there. When one has an understanding, compassion, and love for other people, and then when they've got a faith that things are bigger than them, I think when those start lining up, then it cascades into living a less stressful, a more at peace, more at rest, a life of shalom. And that those items, and again, those are covered in the novel that's coming out, which is, uh, which is coming out soon. You can read more about that. But those are the principles that the main character in my book and really I have been going through just to experience, uh, I guess, a different definition of success. So I hope those helped. And I'm going to wrap up here by tying something together that I thought was pretty cool as I was sitting down and writing on this and, and just putting some notes together, I started kind of saying, and this is kind of the way I think and, and, and kind of meditate on things. I say, Lord, what are some things that I would also want to share when I'm talking about measuring success? What are some things that I need to know? And then what are some things that I could possibly share with those that listen in on the channel and the podcast? And, and here's what I got. I want to, I want to tell you, this is going to be a little bit humorous, but I got these words. I got seek, go, create. And, uh, and I think that's very interesting being that we are seek, go, create here on the podcast and on the channel. And, and so, and so uh, I just wanted to share a little bit more about each one of those. Some of you may have listened in on the origin story of Seek, Go, Create, how we came up with those words. And if you haven't done that, you could go back to, I believe it's January of 2020, that episode released. And it's where I, I really talk about the origin story of Seek, Go, Create and, and, and so I'll share just a little bit of that now, just so it makes sense and, and kind of pull all this together. And now you'll know kind of why those words seek, go, create are so important with our channel and all that we're doing with the podcast and YouTube and other things like that. But it, it originated just quickly back in 2008 and nine, when I was going through one of the most difficult times of my life financially we were in a very difficult spot. We had real estate companies that had been doing well, lived in a large house, had high level of expenses that were being taken care of and we were making a lot of money. But in all of a sudden when our business were going down, very difficult. My gut, my, my inside, whatever the definition of peace and rest and shalom is, I was in the total opposite. Literally my insides were churning with with dis-ease and unrest and uh, stress and strain. And so I would just go out and walk. And part of it was prayer. Part of it was just begging or yelling at the Lord. I don't know what it was. And over the course of that, I got three words, actually four words. I'll share all four with you now. And, uh, and I do believe that those were divinely given to me. And those words were seek, go, create. And then the final word was in all caps. It was now. Seek, go create now. And that became somewhat of not really a measurement for success for Tim, but it really became my strategy, kind of my steps that allowed me to stay on track so that I could stay in uh, the mode of, I guess, 
having fruit of the spirit that uh, that was mentioned earlier, that I could be in the mode of love, faith and peace being things that allowed me to measure success. And so it was seek, go create now. And here's here's what it was. I mean, it was seek that for me, type A, high energy person, I needed to pause, be quiet, be still, study. A lot of it was scripture, but a lot of it is just spending quiet time, possibly meditating in prayer. But it was definitely spending time for me talking to the Lord, listening, seeking what he wanted me to do, what the assignments were for me. And I believe we all have specific purposes and assignments that we're created for. Many times we kind of go off and we do our own thing. And I believe that's probably where I kind of got off track with a lot of our business challenges and things like that. But for me, step one is to seek. And that's part of why it's that first word in the, uh, in the title of our podcast, Seek. And uh, many people will know scriptures, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. That's Matthew 6, So seek was that first step for me to make sure that I stay on track and I'm doing the things that I need to do as best I can, still make mistakes, but as best I can, so that I could have um, a better gauge and, and better output of success in my life. So seek was the first thing. Next thing was go, because I used to get those a little flipped. I would go, 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 and then try to fix things and sometimes get in mess. And, and one of the things that I noticed was I was starting to get in the mode. This was when I was in a real challenging time of not wanting to do things. I became fearful, which is not like my personality. And I, I didn't want to do things. And so uh, I really had to be reminded that after I seek, after I get some instruction, after I get the assignment that I need, after I've done the research, it's time to go. And one of the things my wife and I, I think y'all know, we travel full time now, live in our RV. And, and so we go and uh, there's a scripture that's go into the world. And that's one of the things that became a mantra for us. Go, 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 go. And we would often say, Lord, we will go wherever you want us to go. Uh, just let us know where. And so one of the things that we've been told, we believe we've been told is you seek first and then get ready to go, go out and do something, go out and go out and get ready up for us travel. Some people, it might just be to go and start something, might be start a business, start a ministry or something like that, but go, there's action to go. And so don't just seek, 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 seek and wait. We need to go. So seek, go. The third item is create. And one of the things I used to say was that I was not a creative person. I was an engineer by training. I felt that I was a, a pretty good at getting things done, but I didn't believe I was good at creating. And one of the things that I believe that I was told was that because I'm created, because you're created, because we were all created. I believe that goes that back to that faith piece that I talked about earlier. Because we are created and we're created in the image of our creator that we were created to create. Now, the tough thing for all of us is to try to identify, seek, go, so that we could find out what we are to create. 
had you told me five, six, seven, eight years ago that I would have written a novel, I would have laughed or said, what? I can barely type with these two fingers. I could barely string sentences together, but I was pushed and it really worked some muscles that I wasn't used to. And now I've got a novel that's completed and I have created something. I actually am really excited with what we've created with Seek Go Create here at the podcast and things like that. And I believe that you, everyone has something that they are to create. Maybe big, maybe small, I don't know, but I believe that we are designed to create. So Seek Go Create. And then once those things were in place, there was that last word and it, all, it was in all caps and it had an exclamation point, Seek Go Create Now. And, and that was just an action of don't pause, don't wait. If you've got the, all, all those other things in place, do it now. There's no reason to wait. And uh, I used to really at times have sense of urgency really out of, I just got to get, I have to get things done. But the now for me currently is really more of a, I think it's a little bit of rest and peace. It's just like, we've got some things to do. And we need to go about our business and we need to do it. We need to create and we need to do that now. And I don't think we have to do it and yell and shout and, you know, blow by people and leave a lot of bodies, you know, by the wayside. I just think that that seek, go, create now has become a pretty cool formula for me. And I'm hopeful that maybe it's something that you can utilize too. So, and, and again, the goal is for us to have the fruit of the Spirit, is to have the, the way we measure success. Not necessarily, you know, money and stuff and things like that. There's nothing wrong with all that. Nothing wrong with all that at all. But to me, there's bigger, more important measurements. And those are those things we talked about earlier. Love, faith, biggest thing, peace, rest, and shalom. So I hope putting all this together has been helpful for you. I hope it, I, I know it helped me. And so if nothing else, it's been fun for me just kind of putting these notes together and then just kind of turning on the camera, turning on the uh, recorder and recording it. And, uh, and I'd love to get your feedback. I'd love to have you say, Hey, Tim, that was good. I think you should have done this, or I like this, or thanks for doing that. Love to get that feedback. I would appreciate it greatly. And I'm going to ask another big favor. I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but at the time I'm recording it, we are offering the first chapter of the novel for free. You can go download it. Just go to seekgocreate.com forward slash book. And uh, if it hasn't been released yet, you could get the first chapter for free and download that and read that and, and kind of get started on it. If you're listening to this later, then uh, in all likelihood, we'll be offering the book right there and you could probably get it in Amazon and all the other places. So I would just love people to read this because a lot of the message that I talked about here has all been poured out into this novel. And uh, I'm already working on some other projects. I'm actually starting to put down the notes for the next novel. But, uh, but I would really love you to, uh, to read and give some feedback on this, uh, this first novel, Coach. A story of success redefined. And I appreciate you listening to this episode. Thanks for being here. If this episode has been helpful for you, then share it with people. That's the best thing you can do to help us out is to share this episode with others. And I would so appreciate you doing that. So thanks for joining in. 
I, I appreciate you being here. Just like I said at the beginning, I'm so thankful for all of you that listen in and participate with all that we're doing here with Seek Go Create. Until next time, continue being all that you were created to be.